This week on the Mustang Mach-E podcast, it's all about the charging network. And we're back. Uh, Welcome back to the Mustang Mach-E podcast. I'm your host, Darren Hubbard, and we are going to talk all about the charging network this week. Um, Special shout out to DC, uh, one of the listeners who sent a note to the podcast just asking some really pointed questions that I think we uh, really do need to explore. Um, It's one of those things where if we're going to get widespread adoption of EVs in this country, you know, we really do have to deal with uh, some of these infrastructure issues. And so one of the questions that DC was asking was, you know, so Ford announced they're going to have these charging angels go out out and about looking at the charging network or or better stated the network of networks because they're they're going to be looking at all types of chargers not just one from ones from a single network and you know if you're a, a mach e owner like how do you let them know and so so far i haven't been able to see uh anything in the app um that lets you alert ford of a broken charger um however i am still waiting to get some responses back from folks on Twitter, um, specifically, uh, you know, some Ford employees that I, I follow to see if they have some information. And it could be that they're working the details out. And when they are ready to announce, likely owners will get an update to the app and then also in the car to be able to notify uh, that a charger is not working correctly. Um, so, yeah, we'll keep watching that. And report on it as soon as we've got more information. One of the other questions that DC asked was, uh, you know, is there anything inside that national infrastructure plan uh, with regard to charging? And actually, there is. There are a couple of sections that provide some level of, we'll call them tax credits for uh, different organizations to provide. Uh, fast charging in their uh, buildings or in their parking structures. Um, Beyond that, though, uh, you know, there's sort of just loose, raw sort of, you know, funding for uh, enhancing the charger network. The bill is still going through a lot of revisions, and so I haven't been able to see uh, sort of the latest drafts that have been circulating back and forth through I guess in the House of Representatives right now, because that's where it's uh, being hotly debated and negotiated. And so as it gets closer to final or as there is something that representatives are actually voting on, uh, I'll be doing research to see if there are things in there that actually deal with the charging network infrastructure, the public charging network infrastructure, that is. Because if the earlier drafts are any indication, what's likely going to result is that they're going to be trying to give credits of sorts to the existing charging networks or trying to incentivize others to to start public charging networks and and not and I do want to make a distinction between um, right now what Tesla has and what Rivian is starting is those are uh, proprietary networks that you know basically are are designed for those particular model vehicles what the infrastructure plan I think is trying to do is incentivize more to enter the marketplace to provide public charging using the the CCS standard. 
And so we'll keep looking to see what is in those in those later later drafts of the bill. But as I said, it's working its way, um, you know, sort of being negotiated actively as we speak. So it's hard to know where things are landing. Uh, one of the other uh, things we talked about this on the podcast earlier this year when it was announced, um, you know, what about the the tweet from Elon Musk that Tesla was going to open up its charging network? You know, like many things with Tesla, you know, it kind of starts with a tweet and then you have to kind of wait for it to actually come to fruition before you can verify it because they, you know, are pretty, uh, not necessarily secretive, but they don't necessarily have a, a steady stream of communications coming out of that company. So we really don't know, you know, kind of what the plans are, how they would do it, you know, sort of when it would roll out. Would it be sort of a subscription-based type deal? You know, would you have to buy an adapter? You know, none of that information is available. And so we'll have to wait until it's actually on the market to see what's what. But that's something I've been following as well and trying to get as as current information on it as possible uh, to, to share with all of you. Um, and then the last thing uh, that DC was talking about was you know, can is there a way to use other apps besides the built-in app inside of the um, the Mach E's you know sort of uh, infotainment system to potentially find better paths and charging capabilities when you're doing road trips? Uh, you mentioned an app called a Better Route Planner. Electrify America also has um, an app, or or you can go to their website to start to look for charging along a particular path. EVgo has something similar. Um, I think, unfortunately, it's, you know, in this early stages, we're going to literally have to depend on, you know, sort of a all the above strategy to make sure that we find the most efficient route uh, and charging options for when we're trying to do, you know, sort of uh, extended road trips, you know, and by extended, I mean anything over anything over the stated range of your vehicle. So, you know, if you got a vehicle that that has a stated range of 250 miles, if you're trying to go somewhere that is, you know, literally 255 miles, you know, that that counts as a road trip because we all know that those range figures are, you know, sort of idealistic, optimistic estimates of of what your actual range may be and it it doesn't necessarily factor in relative speed you know wind speed temperature and all that so you know it's going to be important for all of us to kind of understand how to you know kind of plan these trips and map out where um where charging opportunities are uh because you know you don't you don't want to be out on the road trying to get somewhere and not have charging capabilities. I think if you if you got a chance, you got to watch on YouTube um, MKBHD's uh, sort of thousand mile challenge uh, that he did between a gas powered vehicle and then two electric vehicles. And the Mach E that they used as as one of the electric vehicles, you know, had a dismal early showing because the the team was literally showing up to the charging stations that the in you know sort of the the in car application was telling it to go to only to find that those chargers were broken that they were there was or they were either broken or they were um 
literally sort of like uh, home outlet chargers. So nothing that you could really consider fast or convenient in any sort of way. Um, and so then the, the ensuing sort of search and hunt for fast charging really made them, uh, you know, basically lose that first day of the challenge and they, ne- they were never able to recover. Uh, and on the second leg of that, that journey, second 500 miles, they basically stopped using the, 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 the built-in software and just used the Electrify America network uh, and, and used its app to kind of lead them to um, high-speed charging uh, uh, capabilities and, and locations. Even with that, though, there were still situations where the first charger that they plugged into didn't work and they have to actually go to multiple, you know, use multiples that were in the, you know, in the, the, the charging location. And so still a lot of work to be done, a lot of fine tuning. Um, you know, I think people have, you know, kind of a love-hate relationship with Tesla, but I mean, you really have to give it up to Tesla in this instance because their end-to-end solution really has been honed and uh, really fine-tuned to a point where I don't know that that Tesla owners have the same level of charge anxiety, <laughs> not range anxiety, but charge anxiety that, you know, owner, non-Tesla owners do because the supercharger network is is you know pretty extensive and the information the data you get about the charging stations before you get there i think is is top notch i mean it's just a it's a situation where we need to all learn from that experience and replicate it you know as best we can i think ford was on to something with that you know trying to adopt the standard of the you know, the plug and charge standard where effectively you create an account on the back end and you just plug the uh, plug a charger from any of the participating networks in. And on the back end, it figures out, you know, through um, various handshake protocols, you know, how to charge for your charging session. You know, that's a step in the right direction, but there's still more to do in terms of making sure that that network is up and that it is, uh, you know, able to support the growing numbers of electric vehicles that are going to be hitting the roads because there's no way we can move our the, the whole vehicle fleet from internal combustion cars into electric without that charging network being present. And I think a lot of folks are going to wait to make the switch to electric um, until that network is there. Uh, so yeah, I, like I said, I'm going to be doing some research into the proposed infrastructure bill to see what types of incentives are going to be there uh, to, to get people to get these larger either power companies or public utilities or uh, startups, whomever it may be, uh, to invest in creating that charging infrastructure. Because there's a, the only way that we're going to be able to, to make this conversion is if that infrastructure is there and present and, and able to be used. Tesla is a great model, uh, but I think that they're there's a way that we can maybe do this, uh, emulating all their, you know, great ideas and, and really taking it to a scale that in some way starts to mirror what we have with uh, gasoline stations. Because, I mean, you got to, granted, it's had a head start. You know, it's been about 100 years of, of, of 
I'll say, long distance motoring to provide the infrastructure for gasoline stations literally all over this country, really all over the, the, the world in a sense. And so, you know, you hope it, it's not going to take 100 years to have electric infrastructure spread out as prolifically. But, you know, we do have to give it some, some time and, and really buckle down for the, the huge investment that it's going to require in order to get us, get us to a place where we've got the amount of charging available that's going to be able to support the number of cars that we really do anticipate hitting the roads um, coming up here. And so uh, one thing um, that I did want to share, though, is that so I, I did the, you know, I took the information from from our listener, D.C., and I went to a better route planner and I put in the location, a start location and then the ending location or, or destination um, for basically a 200 and essentially a 240 mile trip. So, and that's kind of using all interstate, you know, kind of a straight shot, 240 miles. Um, So I put those two destinations in and what came back from a better route planner. um, And so just as a comparison in a internal combustion car, averaging about 70 miles per hour, you know, that trip took roughly... Uh, including, you know, human, <laughs> human um, uh, service breaks, uh, it took roughly four hours, right? And so you, we were able to go on this distance of a trip without, you know, filling, starting with a full tank uh, with a car that gets maybe 30 miles to the gallon on the highway. We're able to get to the destination um, in about four hours, a little under four hours uh, with about a half a tank to spare, um, so using a better route planner, I put in the same, um, starting location and ending location, and it mapped out a route that effectively had us travel, would have us travel. Um, and actually let me back up a little bit. A better route planner is cool because it allows you to select your vehicle. So I put in, you know, a Mustang Mach-E GT, uh, so, you know, through the extended range, but also with the decreased range, extended range battery pack, but the decreased range because it has the more powerful uh, electric motors. Um, and so it had the, it pegged the range at about 250 miles for that vehicle. And so the better, better route planner app had us, had the, the, the trip basically take a route that ended up being 276 miles, so a little bit further than the actual destination initially, um, and then stopping for one 27-minute charge, uh, basically halfway to the destination. So and it's very the app is very cool. It gives you information around, you know, sort of your, you know, it just estimates what your state of charge is when you start where you are when you get to the location. And so it says by the time you get to this location in the midpoint of the trip, you know, it anticipates that you would be literally at 26% state of charge. And so the idea is that you would charge for a half hour at a rate of uh, 35, uh, you would add 35 kilowatts to your, your battery pack, kilowatt hours to your battery pack. So you take yourself from 26% 
to 68% at a charge of about $9. And then you would drive the other, um, you know, the rest of the way. So basically 138 miles. And you'd arrive at your destination uh, at about 10% state of charge, which to me is kind of cutting it close. But, you know, I mean, that's how the, the app worked. And so it's saying that the total time spent driving would be roughly four hours and 54 minutes, um, you know, utilizing one charge uh, along the way. Now, granted, that using it used it, it has you go to an electrify america stop station um charging station um but it does take you somewhat out of the way um in terms of distance and on top of that the roads that you use i guess it is having you use kind of all interstate um so that's not bad but yeah, it's uh, it's interesting how it you know kind of chooses that path for you. So as a comparison, what I did was I went to Tesla's site, and they've got this uh, tool called Go Anywhere, and so it basically allows you to select the Tesla vehicle you know of your choice, put in your starting destination and your ending destination, and then it'll map it out on the you know on the the, the site the same way. And so for this to be like kind of a fair comparison, I used a standard Model 3, standard range plus Model 3, which basically has 262 miles of range and put in the same destinations and whatnot. And what it came back with from the Tesla was effectively a duration of four hours and 22 minutes. And so it basically used the same route that I that you would have taken in a internal combustion engine car. Um, but since Tesla's network is, is fairly well built out, they actually have a supercharger station, you know, along the route, um, actually deep in the route, uh, so that you would effectively start your destination and do a 10 minute charge to, to I guess, kind of top off your battery. And then you drive roughly, oh, two and a half hours or so to get to two and a half hours or at 70 miles an hour. Um, actually, maybe closer to two hours. So you do about 140 miles and then you get to a second charging location where you would charge for about 15 minutes. And then you would proceed from there to your destination. Now, what's interesting is that it doesn't give you any of that other kind of detail around like what your what state of charge your battery is in or, um, you know, how much energy is adding to the battery. Uh, but it does, you know, sort of give you the base level. Hey, you're, you know, you're on this route and you're going to charge these locations. I mean, that... Um, the fact that it's a shorter distance is, I mean, it's a shorter distance and it's a shorter time duration. I think that's important. Um, but, you know, it's not ridiculous, the, the change. I mean, the is basically you're adding a half hour to your trip by driving a non-Tesla electric vehicle, which 
isn't bad. I mean, you you kind of expect some level of, I guess, sacrifice kind of being out on the on the leading edge of things. Um, but yeah, it, it does show that the you know Ford and any other manufacturers do have a lot to learn from Tesla in terms of how to kind of maximize both the the range um, range efficiency and then also you know we we've got to get this charging situation underhand uh, un, under control and and have a clear pathway to expanding you know sort of the public options so that you know, you've got multiple charging options along, you know, a consistent interstate route. And, you know, I bring up the interstate routes specifically from as somebody who's done a lot of road trips in that what's nice about the interstate, um, and it's, I got nothing against, you know, sort of your your secondary roads. It's just that the interstate is designed to move you from one place to another as efficiently as possible. And so, you know, when you're not using the interstate and you're on sort of highway, uh, you know, sort of state highways and, and county roads, you can't be assured that you're not going to have, you know, sort of stop signs and trailers or, or tractors or, or, you know, any number of types of, of either farming equipment or just having the snake directly through towns effectively slowing you down. But also, um, you know, sort of extending your trip because, the, you know, say what you want about our interstate system, it's designed to connect you from one big city to the next. And so if you're if you're going in, in fairly predictable places, you know, more than likely the the most efficient route from one place to the other is going to be via interstate. And so. You know, you want to see the public charging network expand along the interstate routes because that's where all the other services are as well. You know, because, it, you know, as humans, we have to, we have needs. We got to do things, um, take care of ourselves. We have to eat. We have to rest. And so being able to have access to those services as well as electricity is going to be important. And we, we've just got to expand uh, this, these networks so that we can have that type of similar driving experience. So I think that's where we're going to stop today. Um, again, we're going to keep looking into some of these things, some of these topics that have been brought up and uh, really try to focus in on like what we can do to help for, um, you know, improve the situation. Hopefully they'll, like I said, they're going to be pushing updates to uh, the vehicle Um so that you can get the best. And I think, you know, really adopting some of these strategies uh, like you see in a better route planner, for example, I think even being able to maybe restrict your travel to EA chargers that have high speed, for example, would be a a definite boost. Um, Because again, if you're trying to ensure the best experience, you got to go with the the best funded or the the most prolific charging network. And sometimes some of these other things that while they are public chargers, they may not be at the standard that um, you really want your your owners to, to really have to experience and, and, I mean, quite frankly, suffer through. So yeah, we'll keep watching it and uh, 
We'll have more to say on this and other topics around the Mustang Mach-E next week. So again, if you've got um, comments or you want to send a shout out, please just drop me a line to um, our our uh, email address, and it's mockepodcast1 at gmail.com. Uh, love to hear from you. Uh, appreciate everybody who listens, and thanks so much. Talk to you soon.